that's one of the key motivators for me to do what I'm doing now because I know what it's like to feel be in a crowd of full of people but feel all alone. Welcome Legacy Ninja. Do you feel as if you're just stuck in a cage that maybe you've imposed on yourself? Or this cage that you feel stuck in, you feel as somebody else has spoken this into your life and you don't know what to do. You probably have this feeling that there's more to life that you can bust out of this cage, you just gotta find it. And then once you bust out of your cage, what are you going to do to go and create an impact in the world? Or what change would you like to see within society, within the world around you, the people that you want to influence, friends and family? What is that for you as our Legacy Ninja? Within the episode, we have the pleasure of interviewing and having a conversation with Kyle J. Sullivan, the champion's coach. And just a great conversation, just to hear his experience, things that he went through, and what he's doing now to create the legacy that he wants to see around after he is gone. Some things that he talked about was the greatest group of individuals that he wants to influence. Are you busting out of your cage? Because he had the time where he was stuck and he didn't know what to do. And then we end up talking about the power of gratitude and Kyle highlights a couple individuals to give gratitude to. So we want to thank you for coming and joining with us, coming into our community. And we look forward to helping you as a Legacy Ninja extract what that legacy is for you and put that forward into society and the world. What is up, everyone? One half of the host for the Legacy Digging podcast with two native sons, Scott Brandt here. Patrick will be joining us here in a couple minutes. Today, we have a special guest on with us, Kyle Sullivan. We met Kyle, I met Kyle through a Facebook group and saw his initial story, reached out to him, and based on his story, he's like, yeah, we got to get this on. Because our biggest thing is really sharing and having people share what they view as a legacy that they're creating. And then we have some theory crafting with Patrick. We'll get into that and whatnot. But Kyle, go ahead and we'll have you come on, have you share your story a little bit so people get to know who you are and kind of that foundation piece that really started everything for you. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. So I'm, I'm super excited to be on when we talked prepping for this show. It was just like, yep. Well, this is going to be amazing. So super grateful to be on and be part of what you guys are doing. It's really, really special. And so my little intro is I have worn tons of hats in my life. So what does a D1 athlete, an ex-drug dealer, ex-pastor, now founder of a coaching company have in common? It's all stages of life for me. And so my journey has been up, down, all around, but I think in success and legacy, it's about embracing the scribble of life. No one gets from point A to point B up and to the right. It is all of the squiggle and scribbles and markouts and 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 high rise and low points of our life. And so 
For me, I grew up in Louisiana. If you uh, are the listeners have seen uh, the show Doug Dynasty, that is my hometown. And so before, when I would say Louisiana, people would say New Orleans. And I'm like, no, there's at least a couple other cities in Louisiana. (laughs) But so Doug Dynastyville, USA, it is a great place to be from. You learn your manners, you learn to respect, you learn how to get along with people. It's amazing food. It's a great place to be from. And so love being from Louisiana. In Tulsa, Oklahoma now after a short stint in college in Arkansas. But before all of that, my upbringing was, I mean, a small town, Louisiana. And Got into high school, played sports all through elementary into high school with really one goal, and that was just to be liked, to be accepted, to be uh, excel from an early age. I wanted to win. I was never really a big fan of uh, participation trophies. Everybody gets a ribbon. That ain't for me. I wanted to win. And so being able to channel that energy into sports was really good. My dad got saved when I was in eighth grade. And so he comes home and tells mom and I, hey, I, you know, if accepted Christ, we're going to start going to church. And I wasn't about that because once I asked him, when, when is that? Oh, it's on Sundays. And I'm like, that's when we watch football. Well, if any of your listeners are parents, you can imagine, or you've been an eighth grader before, you can imagine who won that argument. So I started going to church. And I'll be honest with you, Scott, I hated it. I couldn't stand it. And if from somewhere, people from my eighth grade church listening, I'm sorry, it's me, not you. But anyway, we'll continue. But I just could, it just didn't speak to me. It didn't connect with me. Most of that was just because I was obsessed about sports. Well, get into high school and I wasn't exceptional, but I got to be on the varsity team. And when getting on the varsity team, I'm around guys two, three years older than me. And I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be cool. I didn't want to be that little kid that like snuck into the older kids group. So that led me to do what they did. Start partying, you know, going out, doing all this stuff. And, you know, was just kind of your stereotypical jock. That kind of intensified, graduated high school, went to university that was in my hometown. Thought I was going to walk onto the football team, but I am five seven and a half on a good day with the right amount of product in my hair. I was just short. That I just had to come to grips that I'm short, and in D1 playing middle linebacker, that wasn't going to happen. So a couple of hours after really realizing, like your cleats are hung up for good in a in a in a structured way, I got uh, approached about being a cheerleader. Now keep in mind. This is hours after I just got told, you're not going to play football. Now you want me to be on the sideline of the team that I couldn't make a spot for me on. But pretty girls and a payday, I joined the team. And so I did that. And so we got to compete. We did all that. But that just intensified the partying. And through relationships and through just that party scene, Got introduced to drugs, got introduced to really dealing and in that lifestyle. And thank God it never resulted in any trouble with the law, anything like that. But I was messed up, man. And all of it stemmed and was fueled by my desire to be accepted, my desire to wear the different masks that I thought I needed to adapt to the, the, to the environment that I was in until it wasn't enough. 
And I was at, went to a party and I got jumped. Walked in to really an ambush. And I just remember like, if I get out of here, I well, really my only thought was I got to get out of here. I get out, get in my truck and I call a guy and I just say, hey, I need effing Jesus. I just didn't abbreviate anything. Okay, come to, come over. I went over, got led to Christ on a front porch in between smoking a cigarette. And woke up the next day and I asked the guy, what do I do now? He's like, honestly, I'm surprised you're still here. <laughs> and I mean, let's be honest, I kind of was too. <laughs> but I knew something had shifted in me. So I withdrew from the university, moved out of where I was living at a frat house, and just started going to church. Got connected with some guys that were really involved in church, played in a band that did worship music. And really, community is, was my detox. And so fast forward a bit, from early on in my relationship with Christ, I just said, hey, God, like you saved me from so much. You you helped redeem so much of my life. My yes is on the table. And that led me to getting involved in church and just continuing to say yes to opportunities as they came. And so started serving in church and started being a part of leadership at church. And, and it just kind of continued to where I got into a university to go to school for Christian studies, got my degree, moved to Oklahoma, got over the last nine years, got an opportunity to work at two of the uh, largest well-known churches really in at least America right now. And then July, August of last year, launched my business full-time, which is a coaching consulting company called Unleash the Champ, because over the last decade, and even in my own story, I knew that there are cages that people willingly walk into and get comfortable in. Mm. And my job, my calling, my assignment right now is to unlock the cage to unleash the champ within. And so Mm. it has just been a fantastic journey of ups and downs and all arounds, like I said at the beginning, is just embracing the scribble of life. And when we do that, we have to understand that in the end, it's all going to work out. You know, Kelly Clarkson had something strong when she said, what doesn't kill us make us stronger. Like <laughs> that, that's true. Yes, it amen. So that's like the, that's the spark note speed version of the story and just super excited that all of those hats of my life led me to who I am now in the high moments and in the low moments, I wouldn't change a thing. First of all, thank you for showing so much for sharing your story. It's incredible. Real quickly, before we kind of get into some more questions, I just want to acknowledge that you look and sound like a young Tony Robbins right here, right now, <laughs> man. Like the way that you're speaking, the way that you're motion, but physically, man. Like, uh, and, and, I, and I mean that in, in, in the most compliment of, of ways, because you know how many people and how many lives that Tony has touched, right? Wow. So to be able to hear your story, to be able to hear you be in the moment and, and be able to take that time to share it with us, it's impact. And we're thankful for just the opportunity to be able to connect with you, man, because this story, your story, 
it's incredible, right? And it's worth telling. And I can't wait to see where this journey goes, where wow. this unlocking within yourself and and that journey and how you're able to kind of impact people. You know, you can just tell that you're going to be doing great things. So I'm I'm wow. thankful to be a part of this this early in your journey. Man, that that uh that really means the world. It's it's funny when that's been a consistent person that people have referenced me to. And so I, I chuckle a bit because I, I love Tony Robbins and yes. I have read his stuff, watched his things. And as I've gotten into this journey, I, it's funny because that's been a similar, that's been a similarity that people have pointed out. And I mean, it really is just humbling because of the impact he has now. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, no. And obviously, uh, you know, the goal is not to be the next Tony Robbins, but to be the next Kyle Sullivan. Come on. <laughs> um, right. And so to be right up there, you know what I mean? But yeah. I did want to acknowledge the fact that just I just the way that you talk and command presence when you do talk, you know, I get a little bit of that vibe, man. So if anything, nice. you know, that's a it's a great skill set to have and something that, uh, you know, a lot of times maybe we don't understand or we don't get the feedback. But that is something that right off the bat, I noticed. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I know, Kyle, you were talking about the scribbles of life, crossing things out, restarting, rewriting chapters, anything of that nature. So when you look at that analogy right there, and when it comes to the legacy that you're creating and you want to create, what does that look like for you? What is that, the end result that you see for yourself when it comes to that legacy digging piece for you? Yeah, I think when it comes to legacy, first and foremost, it is about the greatest group of people that I get to influence. And that's my family, my wife of eight years in June, Ginger, my daughter, Piper Grace Sullivan, who's 18 months old. We got a little boy on the way that will be born in July. And 2018, I felt the word for me for the year, I pick a word every year, it was influence. And y'all, I was hyped. Yes, I'm going to grow an influence. I'm going to have all this. And I felt like the Lord said, I need you to influence 3,500 before 890. Now, the significance of that is 3,500 is the number to my home. 890 was the number to the church that I worked for. Mm. And I'll be honest, there were very, there were about five years of my 11 years that I was in ministry that as I started getting success, I started getting, you know, the pats on the back and all of this, man, I really gave my family, my wife, because we didn't have kids at the time. My wife got the scraps mm. and I spent about 10 of those months in 2018 in counseling, really diving into why that is and, and some tendencies that I had. And so my legacy is that Man, my wife knows that I adore her. I call her the silent killer. She's very opposite of me, but it's good because it grounds me because I'd be jumping off every cliff, you know, hey, there's people, let's go. And she, hey, let's think about this. You know, I want to brainwash my kids to greatness. That is what I want as legacy. And then outside of that, I mean, when I think about Unleashed the Champ and I close my eyes and I see the vision, I mean, it's a movement. It It's a philosophy. And I really feel like it was given to me to put into the world. 
And so, you know, part of the legacy is, is conferences, is courses, is books. We have a podcast that launched a month ago. Ultimately, I want to I want to create, you know, Unleash the Champ Foundation that goes into elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, teaching leadership principles that kids can ad- adopt and, and put into their life at an early age. Because I believe that if I had those things, man, maybe I could have prevented some of the some of the dips in my life. I wouldn't change any of it that I experienced, but if I can help others stand on my shoulders and the shoulders of others that I can bring into this movement, that's the legacy piece of it. And that is what will stand well beyond when I'm gone. I love that, man. And uh, you might want to introduce yourself since you came in late. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, Patrick Moore called me the other probationary uh, for native sons. Kyle, uh, obviously we I was privy to hear your story before we were able to do this and part of the process you know of listening to your story is I felt compelled to want to be able to share your story as well right so we wanted to do this we also want to be able to bring you on uh, as our first guest for this revamp podcast that we're doing which I know that you're excited about so we're thankful yes. for that as you look back on kind of like the things that you've been doing, maybe the growth since, you know, finding the Lord and also finding your faith and, and rediscovery and all that stuff, you know, some of the greatest stories told have been from the most broken of people, right? Or some of the stories that where people were head scratchers, right? We look at Saul turning to Paul, you know, and, and some of those things. So, you know, what do you think that as part of that legacy or some of those pieces, what are some of those things that you think that your kids may never know those parts about you. And when they hear that, they're going to be like, no, that's not my dad. You know, so as you kind of like look back, you know, to where you were versus where you're at now, like what are some of those things that you're looking at now? And you're like, this is so crazy. My kids will never know this part of me. Oh, yeah. I mean, my kids will never know. I mean, I'll tell them eventually, but they're not going to know for a long while that (laughs) dad was a drug dealer. Mm. And that, I mean, I caused a lot of dysfunction for a lot of people and I created brokenness in people for the sake of my own personal gain, for the sake of throwing a good time. I mean, dude, I I had little man syndrome from, it was bad. I mean, I would just fight. I would just mouth off and, and, and I, I just had no regard for people. And, you know, those are things that I think back to, and I'm like, that's one of the key motivators for me to do what I'm doing now, because I know what it's like to feel, be in a crowd of full of people, but feel all alone. Do you ever worry or have concern that maybe your past life may ever catch up to you or, or, or is it, you know, I mean, is that removed out of the situation completely? I mean, what does that look like? You know, cause I'm sure that that's gotta be tough. Yeah. It, I share, I've shared my story enough that anybody from my past, I, I've beat them to the punch. Um, so <laughs> it's, uh, you know, my, my story is my story and it's, uh, you know, there's, there's things that we're not proud of. There's things, but, but honestly, like, I didn't know what I didn't know. And, you know, one of the things that I would tell people in ministry a lot when I was a pastor that they'd come and talk to me and it was cool how God uses my story to help other people in their own journey of saying like, you probably don't know what I'm going through. (laughs) Well, (laughs) 
Let's talk about it. And and I'll, I'll be honest with y'all, like so much for so long, probably first, I mean, it was 2006, 2007 when I, when I gave my life to Christ, probably for a couple years, I, I did, I tried to segment and compartmentalize that mm. world. Mm. And when I realized that I'm not truly healed from the things that I did until I can share it, I just started sharing my story. I love that, man. Because when we, if we're, if we're not over it, we can't talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Right. I think there's a saying that says that what you don't heal, you become, you know, and it's kind of one of those weird spots. And then the other thing, if you wouldn't mind, because I know that I dealt with this in my story for a long time was, and again, I think you probably already touched base on it by maybe sharing and talking about it. But that uh, especially maybe for the first time or, you know, being new in that ministry phase, how do you get rid of the guilt? Oh, boy. I think for me, I had to just come to terms with the Bible talks about that we're a new creation. Right. So the moment that that I accepted Christ, I was cleansed. And the process of, as the Bible talks about, like working out your salvation, it's not earning out your salvation. That's the free gift. But working it out is is pulling all of those things and saying like, I mean, I, I had a list of folks really early on in my faith that I felt prompted in, to call and apologize and say like, hey, man, I missed it. And you're not asking for it, but man, I just I ask that you just forgive me. I, you know, and, and doing things like that. And, you know, there's some people that I, I mean, I have been told and called and so many different things and I just have to go. Yeah. Okay. And again, I mean, really a lot of the forgiveness piece is oftentimes for yourself as well to be able to move forward. But it is kind of like cool that when you learn some of those things, it's almost kind of like leveling up, right? Like in Fortnite or Call of Duty or something like that, you unlock more skills, right? So when you start the next round, you have those skills unlocked. So when you talk and go to the next piece of your journey or the next person that you're talking to, you're that more equipped for all of those things. So thank you so much, man. I know that sometimes those questions to kind of maybe go back through some of those, it's, it's it can be tough sure. because we spent so much time trying to break away and move forward in the next direction. So thank you so much for sharing that and, and taking the time to answer those. Oh, ab- absolutely. You want to explain theory crafting since that's the second half here? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, guys, theory crafting is kind of a term that people have used forever. They use it in gaming. They talk about what if scenarios. I think sports heads use it quite a bit. Like, who's your ultimate dream team? You know, but our version of the podcast version of theory crafting is the ability to. The first half is explaining your legacy, what you're doing to do there, and what you're trying to accomplish. The second half is kind of that theory building of your legacy of what are the pieces or what are the things that are either currently going on or that maybe thoughts that maybe you haven't necessarily shared with people or maybe you and your spouse joke about. But what are those things that as part of your legacy, you know, because this is a part of your legacy, leaving that 
that maybe your kids go back one day and they're listening to your podcast. And, you know, what are some of those things that at least in this moment that are relevant to you or maybe some thoughts? You know, it's kind of like one of those things that people always why they tune into any time that Elon Musk gets on an interview because they want to know what his next thoughts are. And so this is kind of what that theory crafting for the podcast is. is What are those thoughts that are going through you? What are some of those things that you feel are important? What are some of those things that maybe you haven't been able to share just because you haven't really had time to think about that? Yeah, man, I think the thing that I'm thinking about and living the most right now is that with a great vision, it requires great sacrifice. Mm, 100%. And so we oftentimes want the result of success, <laughs> but we won't put in the work for success. Yes, because everybody's kind of in this replication model of thinking that they can do the same thing, but they don't see the blood, sweat, and tears and the, and the blood and sweat equity that goes into it. 100%. Like even when I started, when I started the business, I knew I could motivate people. I knew that I could lead people to a next step. But I didn't know, oh, I need a business account. <laughs> <laughs> like I just had stuff sitting in a in, in PayPal. <laughs> and but I went and got an accountant and they're like, so where's your money at? I'm like, oh, it's just I got PayPal. And they're like, oh boy. Like it's just <laughs> It's things like that that, you know, talk about the zones of mastery of like before, like when I started, I was I was unconsciously incompetent. Like I didn't know what I didn't know. Quickly moved to consciously incompetent. (laughs) I know that I don't know some things. (laughs) And so now I'm, I'm moving into the the unconsciously competent. So where now as I start to share and I talk and I work with clients and, and I, I will just say something and I'll be like, man, that was, how did, I didn't know that three months ago. I didn't know that six months ago. And then we move into the final stage of mastery is that consciously competent. Like we know what we know, we, we can spit it out, we can train people. And so that's just the things that I'm, I'm thinking of. And even right now, I mean, I will, like my my wife and daughter, they're hanging out, they're getting dinner, they're doing all this. And it's a sacrifice for the ultimate vision of what I feel God has called me to do. It's a sacrifice to be in here right now. Mm, yep, absolutely. And so it's not that we have to have this huge, like, huge sacrifice, but like, we have to be willing to say, hey, this is where I'm going. And I know in early on, probably within the first month of me launching my business, I was watching this talk from Mark Cuban. And he said when he started his business, one phrase, one one sentence drove him as he was building. He said, when I stepped away from my job to start my business, I committed in my mind that I will work 80 hours a week for myself. So I never have to work 40 hours a week for somebody else Mm. again. Mm. It's true, man. Like, it's crazy, right? As an entrepreneur, as a business owner now, I look back and I'm like, dude, I was a terrible employee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Stats-wise, I was always there, right? And nobody could compete with me when it came to statistics. But guess what? Because I was killing the competition, I was bored. I didn't have somebody challenging me. (laughs) So guess what? I'm going to screw around. I'm going to go over on my lunch. I'm going to go over on my stats. You know, hey, I'm going to call in sick today. I'm going right. to, you know, the flip side too is right. Corporations stack more and more and don't want to pay more. 
Right. So in kind of some ways, I was like, well, I earned it. <laughs> you know? Sure. Yeah. But, you know, well, in in a, a company's like a company's culture is made up of things that are stated mm -hmm. and allowed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's crazy is that like most of our relationships, whether it's family, especially family, we live in this command and demand type communication style. Right. Wife calls you up. Hey, baby, can you go ahead and pick up stuff from the store? Can you get me this? Can you get this for the kid? Right. And then we're, it's very rare. It's like, hey, baby, I love you. I hope everything is going well. How's your day? Blah, blah, blah. Can you uh, are you willing to go by and get this? Story, right. It's yeah. no, like, you got to do this. You got to get this because this is your responsibility. You're in a relationship. You got to do right. this. Right. Right. And same with your parents. Like, hey, you got to listen to me. I'm, I, I raised you. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So when we understand the communications with people and then how we're doing that. But when you look at that in, in these working relationships in the corporations, nope, you got to do this. Nope. You got to do this. You want to get that raise? You got to do this. Right. I literally had in the, uh, brought in voice over IP for a, a fortune 500 company. You know what I got for that? <laughs> Probably don't want to know, man. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> Not enough, my man. <laughs> they flew me out to go do the presentation they gave me a tour of all the buildings, and then they said, well, see you later. We like the idea, <laughs> but we don't like it enough to implement it. Three years later, they implemented every single thing, and guess what I got? I got an email from the guy saying, hey, what other ideas do you got? Well, man. And I said, well, I've got ideas, but I'm sitting here and taking phone calls. So you want to bring me up and put me in a different position? Because I got plenty of ideas. He's like, no, we're good. Yeah, they didn't want it bad enough. No. So, but they're still benefiting from all that now, right? Anyway, what else you got, man? What are what are what are some other? Yeah, I, I think it's. I just think the things that I'm thinking about right now is just the the sacrifice now for the ultimate future, like, and and really, what what is success? Like, I had to get really, and this is something that I, I've. I am deconstructing currently, and I think I probably will for a while, if not forever, is my view that I can be successful mm. at a monetary level. And I think that sometimes part of even the, the theory of Unleash the Champ is I believe believers walk into a cage called scarcity. Mm. 100%. Because we hear and read in the Bible that blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble. <laughs> and so don't talk about yourself. <laughs> don't, don't don't be too don't be too assertive. No, 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 no. You can't have that. But yet I know I was really blessed when we would have businessmen that would donate generously to what mm. God was doing at our church. But no, 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 no. You can't do that as a pastor. Yeah, I don't know too many meek pastors, to be honest. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, but, I, yeah, yeah, I think for me, it's it's getting to a place where I really had to ask myself honestly, like, what do I want and why? I've come to the place now where I can unequivocally say that, like, I want to be affluent and I want to be influential. I love that. Why? Because I believe success, money, status, influence, affluence is only a magnifier for who you already are. 
Let's yep. go. We talk about that all the time, right? Money's a tool. Money's a vessel. Right. Income yeah, and impact. Yep. Hand in, in hand. Yes. Income and impact. And so for me, like I'm going to build Unleash the Champ so that it can fund the foundation that goes into schools free mm-hmm. of charge to teach mm-hmm. leadership principles to kids and students so that they can stand on the shoulders of lessons that they can apply that they are excited to learn and apply so that generations of kids don't have to go through the same crap and have the right belief and have the right mindset and understand that perseverance is is something to be sought after and setbacks are only setups for the success that is called like that is the thing but it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take the clarity of just saying, yes, I love Jesus. And yes, I want to be wealthy. Yeah, man, the setback is always the stage for the comeback, right? Come on. <laughs> so, you know, it's really interesting that you bring this up here because we didn't get a chance to talk about this. But, you know, yesterday, the Bible verse on the Bible app was Psalm 23, probably maybe, if not the most, maybe the second most popular Bible verse, right? And I always read it growing up in the NIV King James Version, those two, right? Mm-hmm. And the opening line says, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm-hmm. Well, over the past couple of years, I've adapted to the New Living Translation. And that version says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And 36 years of my life, right, hearing it the other version, but then reading it in that format, that it's not that I don't want. It's that I don't need because everything is provided. Everything is there. And if we just follow as lambs, right? Right. It's it's right there. I mean, the book of Proverbs is literally everything but how to be successful in business, in life, right? Right. The book of Psalms is basically poems and odes and all those things that we wish we could have those relationships and, and say those things to God the way that David did. Right. <laughs> but they were authentic and true feelings. And so when we can get to that point, but, I, you know, kind of along the lines of what you're saying, and like, it took me 36 years and it was literally just that little bit of a change that all of a sudden was like, oh, my gosh, this like you're right. I, I have everything that I need right here. I have all the tools within myself. You know, if I just follow the the path and if I'm able to just stay within my faith and, and stay true to who I am, I have all the tools that I need. Right. And that allows me to then go and have law of attraction where, you know what, God has given us free will. And free will does not just mean that if I make a choice that I have responsibilities or I have actions. And that's like, no, God is going to be free will to have the ability to have an open mindset, to have a growth mindset. And that, again, people who are okay working that nine to five, that is perfect. That's perfectly fine. We need that for that entrepreneurial spirit, right? For those who just, we can't hide it. We can't fight it to understand that like God has given you that will to turn around and say, you want to make money? You want to be wealthy? You've, I've given you all the tool sets that you need. I've yep. given you the ability to learn. I've given you the ability to teach. And as you should, right? Just like Jesus had his disciples and they came from all walks of life, poor, right. rich, everything. 
And so, you know, it's really interesting to hear kind of your thoughts coming on from all of this, you know. So you're still you're still slaying drugs, uh, just but success. <laughs> success is a come drug. on. Hey, that's right. <laughs> hey, entrepreneurship. That's yeah, I can't get rid of that hit. I need it every day. Well. Hey, you just deal in a whole different way and in a better format now, man. And yeah. one that that is much needed. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned something around the law of attraction and boy, if that don't make Christians uncomfortable, <laughs> I I tell, I have friends that I have suggested things like the secret to, and, and, you know, the, the power of positive thinking and like, but, and I, I, I give a, I said, Hey, listen, I'm only telling you this because I think your, your, your faith can, can discern it. Because I think it's the same thing like when Paul in Romans 8 or Romans 9, he says, you know, like when I'm around the weak, I do as the weak do. It's the weak and strong brother, not strength wise, but I wouldn't give, I wouldn't start talking about that to someone who just accepted Christ. Right. But really, the law of attraction is just Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Let's go. So really, the marketplace just rebranded the Bible and said, yeah. here's this nice little package. But we get so weirded out. And even in, in faith circles, like that has been perverted in like the name it, claim it. It's like, no, 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 boo-boo. You still got to work. Because faith without works is dead. I need you to put your hope in action. You can hope and visualize. But like, I need you. Hey, you're a 10 talent person. I need you to start acting like it. Like, you got to have that that work ethic. But you can ask the Holy Spirit, who is our helper. Yes. And say, yeah. like, Holy Spirit, I, 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 I don't know where this is going to come from. I don't know where this is going to. Oh, hey, there we go. And so, yeah, it, I love that you said that because it's really been in the last couple of years that I, I was, I was told, hey, you should check out the secret. I think, I think you'd really like it. And I had to wrestle. I had to wrestle with where do I land on this? And then I feel like, like through prayer, through reading a word, it's like, oh, this sounds a whole lot like. Oh, yeah, it is. Well, and, and for me, right, again, because I've been a business owner for 22 months. I'm looking back, and it was probably like nine months in when when I was hearing about The Secret. I was hearing about Law of Attraction, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, I'm like, well, God does provide. And then I'm like, well, how much of that was hard work or how much of this has been building up or whatever? But then, like, you start asking. Right. And, you know, for me, this true story is I, I asked God several times. I said, if this is where I'm supposed to be, please make it simply easy for me to recognize that. Come on. Because you know that I will rack my brain. I'll be up for three days and I'll be trying to figure it out and be like, uh, you know, my wife will be like, so I've made a decision and I'll get stressed out. We'll fight. Not a good thing. Right. <laughs> right. You know, so when I before I opened this agency, it was like I filed the paperwork that like within the two days, I got a phone call that says, hey, we would love for you to come interview with us here in this company called Oracle. If you know Oracle is involved, like every single mm -hmm. computer, 
every right. single application. They run through Java. And Oracle basically said, hey, we would love for you to come interview. I thought for sure when I told them, hey, I haven't been working for six months. I launched my own insurance agency that they're going to be like, uh, yeah, we made a mistake. They turned around and they said, you know what? We love your motivation. We, we want to encourage you to keep running your insurance, but we just need you to be present when you're here. They said, our job starts somewhere between 7 to 10 a.m. You show up and you work your eight hours. They said, we got you covered on drinks. We got you covered on snacks. We got a cafeteria down here. We got a gym. And we're going to offer you 90, 95K a year. And I was like, that's like double what I was making in the call centers. So I was like, well, you know, honestly, I, I don't know where I stand at this point. That's a heck of an offer. Uh, I'll get back to you within a week. Before I hit my car, my phone rings and they said, hey, we, we realized that we offered you 99K a year. We talked about it. We don't want other candidates. We just want you to show up and we're willing to give you 150K per year before bonus. I called my wife. She was like, are you sure you can't do insurance on the side, right? This is the girl right. who said, you need to get out of the call center environment because you're going right. to get burnt out. And then she was like, well, <laughs> so talked about it. We prayed about it, talking to people. And I'll never forget this. One of her clients said, well, you know, sometimes God gives you a choice. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there and I was like, free will. God gave me a choice. There's no wrong or right. This is completely up to me. This is scary. Right. Because here I thought free will was just basically windows and doors and one door leads to another. Right. right. It's like, no, you can break through that glass if you want. You can open sure. the door. You can run. You can jump out the window. You can hurt yourself. I and mean, whatever you want to do, that's your choice. Right. But you have to own responsibility for that. Yep. And so I told my wife, I was like, I was like, I, I, I think I'm going to have to reject it. And she's like, are you sure? <laughs> right. Like, I, I support you, but that's 150K a year. Are you sure you can't do insurance part-time on the weekends, on your days off? <laughs> uh -huh. and, I, and I told her two things. I said, one, if they offered it to me once, they'll offer it to me again. Two, if I never take this opportunity, I may never be bright enough to take it again. Right. Fast forward 22 months, and I've got a six-figure passive. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so. I, I think when we are presented with that, like part of my legacy is to get to the end of my life and not and have as few what ifs as possible. Let's go. And so people have asked me, like, hey, do you ever see yourself getting back in ministry? And I said, maybe. But this is your ministry now. Mm. You right. Know? Ministry can literally come from anywhere. It's exactly your, your heart's intention, right? And you can lead people just like people can lead away from anything. So, you know, in a way that just because you're not working directly for the church, right, doesn't mean that you aren't bringing people to oh. Christ. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, I'm a part of a I'm part of a mastermind group that, like, five of the seven of us were former vocational pastors, mm -hmm. and. I mean, collectively in our group, you know, we'll have brought over five, 600,000 into our businesses this month. Nice. And it's like, I mean, we were all in vocational ministry. And I think one thing my coach says all the time was the, the, the pulpit was the preparation for the platform that God had mm. for us. Yeah. I'm a former youth pastor myself. It, see, <laughs> exactly. And it, but there's something that God uses in being able to create authentic relationships in ministry and the people side of it, that 
when he calls us into the marketplace, it's just like our call. I say this all the time. My calling is the exact same that it was when I felt it was given to me. And that's to lead and develop people to discover and chase after the best version of themselves. That's what it was 12 years ago. That was the slogan that I just rattled off. And I feel is the thing. Now, my assignment right now is the founder of Unleash the Champ. Our assignment changes. Yes. Our calling stays the same. 100%. Yep. And that's that gets people uncomfortable too in the church, right? Because right. they just assume that the church is the only place that people can become saved. So, but the, again, the church is the people. Right. The people. We are the church. We <laughs> exist for the world. So, and it's a pleasure <laughs> to be able to sit here and uh, we, we definitely have to do it again. 100%. Um, for sake of time, one thing that I've always built relationships, businesses, everything on is the ability to give people the platform to kind of just be themselves, be authentic. You've done that throughout this entire process and I uh, really enjoyed to have you and an honor to have you as our very first guest. During this last couple of closing moments, is there anything or anybody that maybe you haven't had a chance to particularly publicly acknowledge or or give thanks to you know i think that oftentimes sometimes that kind of gets left out not intentionally it's just that we get busy and you know by the time you're done you're like oh man i wanted to do that but i just forgot so you know as you're kind of going through maybe your internal rolodex is there anybody here that you would like to maybe publicly thank or just say thanks to yeah absolutely as you're saying that i don't i haven't shared publicly the the story of where Unleash the Champ came from. Mm. And so I'll start with the first person to thank, and that's my dad. So my dad's the hardest working man I know. Still to this mm-hmm. day, works 50, 60 hours a week at his job, does amazing things on the side for people, willing to help. My dad was a senior in high school when I was born mm. and did whatever it took to provide for me, for our family. I mean, my dad had like four jobs, I feel like all the time. Had his main job, his side hustle, a couple of other things. Like my dad was, but he did that to provide it. And for me, that's where the champ piece comes from. Mm. Is because as I said earlier, I was all about sports. And I remember so often my dad would say, hey, champ, you ready? Hey, champ, you ready? Hey, champ, you ready? And so for my dad, I mean, he still is. Like when I think of hard work, when I think of dedication, when I think of sacrifice, when I think of legacy, I wouldn't have learned those things if it wasn't for him. And so the the second piece of that is the unleash part. And so one of the churches that I got to work for, one was Life Church, the other was Transformation Church with Pastor Michael Todd. And in my interview with him to come on the staff, we were talking and He said something to me in the interview that said, hey, man, I feel like God is telling me right now that there's a a leader, there's an influencer, there's a pastor, there's a person inside of you that needs to be unleashed. And I feel like I'm a part of that story for you. And so the idea around Unleash the Champ really came from my dad 
and kind of an homage to him, calling me champ growing up. And then really the last pastor that I got the opportunity giving that belief in me, because if I wasn't a part of that church for 18 months, I wouldn't be doing this right now. And so, you know, that's two right off the top, but really there, my whole story is wonderfully littered with people that have believed in me more than I believe in myself. And it's amazing how God continues to put people in me that, you know, I'm, I'm the coach, I'm the champions coach, I'm Lisa Chan. Ah! But there's people that I talk to on a weekly basis that says, hey, man, there's more in you. Hey, man. Hey, no, yeah, of course you can do that. Yeah, that vision, you're thinking too small. Literally got told that, like, I mean, my vision is big in my head. It's like, man, that's not the immeasurably more. Come on, yeah. man, you need to dream bigger. And so we would we would talk for another 45 minutes if I thanked all the people along my journey. But those are two that really are, they're the, they're the namesake behind the name of the company. Love it, man. And it's awesome to know that, right? Because that gives us a better understanding to know what the meaning and the process behind it. It's so much easier for us to get on board, right? And I just want to say, man, even though... I've only known you for like a couple of days, <laughs> bro. I am so proud of you and I'm excited to see where this journey goes. And you've got two uh, people right here who basically are, are, are cheering for you. I resonate so much with your story, right? And I, I think I shared with you just a little bit, but I remember kind of that, that timing when I was in the worst depression and God said, I ain't done with you yet. And that was the scariest moment of my <laughs> life because I was ready to give it all up. But fast forward, you know, 10 years later, we're here, right? Man, to know what you're doing, what you're building, how you represent, man, you need more people like you who are um, basically, you know, living the journey, living the dream, but also living for the kingdom. So I definitely appreciate you, man. Dude, we got to definitely connect and do some more of this stuff online and our, our paths will definitely have to cross at some point. 100%. Patrick, thank you so much. You're, both of you guys are, are such encouragers. And so I just really appreciate y'all. I believe that all connection uh, is divine. And I'm excited for what we're going to get to be and, and do and become together. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Legacy Digging with Two Native Sons. Yep. We've got Kyle Sullivan with Unleash the, or Uncage the. No, Unleash, Unleash the, the Champ. Unleash the Champ. I'm sorry, man. I got, because I, I keep thinking of Unleash the Beast for some reason, <laughs> which again, maybe not a bad association to be with, but uh, yes. And again, man, so thank you so much, honestly, dude. Like it's been such a great pleasure. Guys, so, uh, you know, if, if you would like to get on the podcast, you know, these are the stories that we want to tell. We want to hear about how you're building your legacy and then we want to theory craft a little bit to hear kind of your thoughts so thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one